We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And Jason, now 12 games into the Chicago Bulls season, I think we can say this year is already over. Yeah. Big news of the week, Zach Levine's subtle trade request, asking out from Chicago, the Bulls also played a basketball game tonight as speculation around Levine continued to fly. Zach Levine was in the lineup for the Bulls tonight against the Orlando Magic. The game just ended. Me and you are recording uh, minutes after the final buzzer. DeMar DeRozan was not. He was held out with a personal matter. And the Bulls lose to the Magic 96-94 in a game that felt like it's going to offer a little glimpse of this franchise's bleak immediate future. Uh, The Bulls in the second quarter of this game put up one of the worst quarters of basketball I've ever seen. They scored 12 points. Billy Donovan was running all bench units that included the first meaningful minutes of Julian Phillips's career. Julian Phillips responded by airballing a three-pointer from the corner at one point. Uh, Bulls end up fighting back in the third quarter. So a nice third quarter for them. And in the fourth quarter, some big clutch shot making from who else but Zach Levine. He hit two threes in the last 20 seconds to tie the game. But Paolo Bancaro wins it for the Magic at the buzzer. Jason, this was a game that no one on earth should have watched. (laughs) I didn't see many shots of the United Center while watching the game. Uh, by the way, I watched this entire game. Why? I'm not sure, but I did. I knew we were doing the podcast afterwards. So I you thought were dedicated. I lock in and yeah. see, you know, what might be one of the final games of Zach Levine's career, see how the team could respond uh, without DeRozan in the lineup. Would that open up more opportunity offensively for Patrick Williams? No. Well, <laughs> not really. He scored nine points. He shot two of seven from the field. 
It was a typically passive Patrick Williams game. Hey, he had six free throws, nine rebounds. Actually, not typically passive. He was a, like Pat, Pat Williams is like a fine game. Nine and nine, six free throw attempts. Couldn't make his shots, like you said. Did have two passive blocks. Scoring nice game. He got seven plays. shots up without DeMar. That's a Fine. passive scoring game. Sure. No, uh, <laughs> he did get to the foul line and looked to be like lowering his shoulder into people. And uh, especially in the first half, he had six free throw attempts and he did not have any in the second half. Uh, but anyways, Bulls lose. Bulls suck. 96-94, the Magic win. So the Bulls fall to 4-8. Jason, the wheels are in serious jeopardy of falling off here. And this was a performance so bad that it got me worried. You know, what if the Bulls relent to DeMar DeRozan's contract demands on an extension? Because DeRozan has been mostly durable and available since signing with the Bulls. Without him tonight, they essentially looked just like maybe one notch above the Jim Boylan era. Uh, really bad stuff from the Bulls overall. They shot under 40% from the field, 33 of 83 from the field on the night. Three-point shooting, typically terrible. They go 9 of 33 for twenty-three for 27.3% from deep. Uh, and turnovers, you know, constantly 19 to 13 the Bulls turned the ball over more than the Magic. So this was an ugly, brutal game, Jason. We're going to get into the Levine stuff, but uh, God, if this is what the Bulls are going to look like in a teardown, I mean, I hope so. I welcome it. I want this thing torn down to the studs. There's nothing on this roster worth saving. But as people who do a Bulls podcast, this is going to be r- a rough product to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's nightly like- basis. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, rebuilds, you kind of know going in. Like, it's going to be ugly, but, like, you're you're watching it for the hope, and, you like, you know you're not really trying to win and whatever you're playing for draft position. We know we've we've said how we're not, like, tank humpers here, but, like, obviously sometimes you just get to a point where it's probably got to happen, and the Bulls are, if they aren't at that point, like, they're right on the precipice of it because it's just, it's more miserable when you're, like, trying to win. Like, this team is trying to win basketball games, and they're 4-8, and eight, and they're unwatchable. Like, uh, I did not watch this whole game. I was kind of following along for much of it, especially once I saw like how it started. Like I was after dinner, checked the score, and it's like the Magic are 0 of 10 from three, and the Bulls like still aren't winning. It was 21 21 for the first quarter. Like both teams were shooting like 20 some percent. Uh, and then the Magic kind of opened things up in the second quarter. You mentioned that second quarter. Uh, and the Bulls scored 12 points. <laughs> you mentioned like the all bench lineup. They no hope all bench lineup that they run out there just with no offense. And they 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 scored like whatever like no points or like a couple points for the first few minutes and just like turnovers and and bricks and just nine plus. And I mean the Bulls were lucky they weren't down 30. Like this should this game probably should have been like as ugly as like the double loss game or at least maybe not quite that bad. I mean that was what a 50 point loss, but like. The Bulls only down by 17 at half because the Magic were also fucking terrible. Like they shot, they missed again, they missed their first 10 threes. They were two of 16 from three at the half. They shot, I think they were shooting 35% at halftime. Like, even like a as bad as the Bulls were, like if the Magic had a standard first half shooting performance, the Magic are not good offensively, but like that easily is a 25 to 30 point game at half. And like this game is not anywhere close to the end. But uh it didn't surprise me that much that the Bulls were able to get back in and they started finally making some shots. Alex Caruso tried to basically single-handedly bring them in it again. Multiple threes in the third quarter, more huge plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, and like I think the Magic were able to like, get, get it back out to 18 at the end of the third. And then, again, Caruso had a few threes, like Io had a three. Uh, and the Magic just off and started turning the ball over like crazy, which is kind of 
with the Bulls, like how they muck up and get back into games is they just start turning teams over. Uh, teams play stupid. Caruso starts doing his like hero hero act, and the Bulls kind of slowly reeled them back in. Uh, and they have a chance at the end because Zach, Zach, like we mentioned Zach's heroic threes. Zach was atrocious like all game. He missed the dunk. He missed multiple layups. I mean, his shooting at the rim is just like, what is happening? Like we know, like Zach has played like all season, like a guy who has checked out and he basically almost not officially yet, but again, a soft trade request, whatever you want to call it, a subtle trade request. Basically, came here yesterday, uh, and then he played. Comes follows it up. Uh, and we'll talk about some of his quotes, as you mentioned, but he follows it up with for, for whatever the first 45 minutes of this game, looking like a guy who was totally with a, his foot out the door, just missing layups, missing dunks, awful, bad defense, couldn't make anything. Uh, and that was after an awful game against the Bucks as well a couple nights ago, where the, if Zach plays a good game against the Bucks and DeRozan as well, because DeRozan was bad too, uh, then like the, the Bulls could have won that game. Dame was three of 19. The Bulls kind of came back. They erased the big deficit in that game too, but Zach and Demar were so bad that uh, they lost that game too, like kind of going away. And now this one, like if Zach plays well throughout, maybe you don't need whatever this miracle at the end, but he was awful. Everyone else was pretty much awful too. Like there was not just nothing much good to hang their hat on until they make this late charge here in in the second half with Zach's heroic threes. Uh, The magic also just falling apart. The magic had several, there was one possession, Jalen Suggs, Tried basically threw it right to Caruso, but he somehow got it back, and then he just dribbled it right into Kobe's white, Kobe White's like lap. I was like, buddy, what are you doing? And then another possession, Franz Wagner. They like tried to post up Franz Wagner like on the wing against Caruso, and then he has nowhere to go, and he just literally throws it to nobody. And just like, and then they missed several free throws down the stretch, and I was just like, the Magic are still. They have some intriguing young talent, but they still I feel like just don't have high level guard play enough. Like it sucks is interesting, but clearly just not quite there yet. Cole Anthony similarly. They didn't have Markel Fultz, and we know he has his flaws as well. So, like, and like Paolo Bancaro did not have a great game either until like his game winner. Like, he and he had a big three also in the fourth. Like, he shot terribly tonight, too. And Franz Wagner didn't play well. So, like, just overall, it was just an ugly game for both teams. And yeah, the, <laughs> the Magic were on the second end of the back to back. That, they, too. Yeah. They had lost uh, to Brooklyn last night. So, they go from Brooklyn to Chicago. Got smoked by that. Any- competent team would have beaten the magic. The magic did not play well, but the bulls we know are far from a competent team. And yeah, dude, I feel like uh, already this season is just, it's just over. Like this is it. We can wash our hands with this season. And now the waiting game begins for what happens with Zach Levine's not so subtle trade request. So as I mentioned, like it's, he's played like a guy who's kind of had his foot out the door all season. It seems like he just is not shooting well. Just the effort just is not consistently there. Like I said I, the the miss layup stuff I don't understand at all. Uh, but that's he's I don't know if it's the focus isn't there. And he's, if you're checked out, you're just not focused on finishing. Like I don't know what's going on there. Like I, sometimes whatever I get like the defensive lapses happen, and like he's always kind of been like that. But if you're checked out, that happens more often take some bad shots and I feel like his shot selection has been bad, but like there've been times he still gets to the rim and he's just not making, and I, I don't understand it, <laughs> but uh, we, I, we kind of, I, we feel like we said already, like we kind of figured that Zach trade request. If, if like I've questioned whether the bulls front office would actually tear like stuff down this year, but that, and it might take Zach forcing the issue to do it. And yesterday, while it wasn't like a full straight up trade demand, when you have Shams coming out and saying, Oh, 
Teams are like asking the Bulls about Zach Levine, and now there's an openness on both sides for this to happen. That is Zach Levine talking through clutch sport or clutch sports through Shams, basically saying Zach wants out. Again, it's not a hard trade demand where like I like the Dame thing and other trade demands that we've seen, Anthony Davis, James Harden, where it's all right. I mean, that might come. That could still come at some point, but it's not the I want out. I want to go to the, these teams. But when you get when you get what they said, that it, there's an openness to it. And then you get you do get some teams involved. It was like Heat, Lakers and Sixers, uh, which is Sixers. probably Zach Levine's wish list. Yeah, like, right. That is coming from. Yeah, Zach. he's trying to like do it, trying to just take it like with a little more tact as opposed to like what happened with Dame Rose. I'm out. I want this one team. And then that kind of whole play is like, if you just do it kind of nicely where it's like, all right, I kind of want out of here, like open to a trade here. Like here's the teams I'd like to go to, like just trying to probably keep the PR like spin on his side. So being like a, a soft trade request, more subtle, uh, basically saying, Hey, like, you know, like I've been here for a long time. Like I've given you guys everything. We've had a pretty good relationship. Please just like help me get to somewhere I'd like to go. It's kind of what this reads like. And especially followed up with Zach's comments today. And Casey like talked about this. Like Zach in the past has always just been like he's brushed off the trade rumors. Uh, like I'm here in Chicago, blah, 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 blah. I'll play for them. And he did say some of that stuff as well. But he also then basically just he didn't shoot it down. Like he didn't, there was no denial. Uh he knows what's up here. Like he knows where like this stuff is coming from. He's putting it out there. So like the lack of a denial, uh with that and like basically just saying, you know, it's a business, you know, like my rich Paul has a good relationship with AK. Like, yeah, that's him just saying like, yeah, let's work out a trade here. Like I'm, I'm pretty much out of here. Let's make this happen uh, without just being like overtly ridiculous about like, like some of these other trade requests have been. So like when this kind of stuff gets out there and then you get the quotes like Zach with what he was saying, the writing's on the wall this shit's over. He's gone. Like it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen yet. We're a month away from December 15th, which is when a lot more, uh, trade pieces become trade eligible across the league with like free agents and stuff like that. So I could see this going until then. Like, I don't know if it's going to get to a point where like Zach, they're going to like, whatever trade him as fast as they can, unless he like really forces the issue. But even then I, I don't think they'd do that. I mean, maybe you get to a situation where they like just send him home or they don't play him. But like, uh, I would guess if the trade happens, it'll happen after December 15th, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens very shortly after that. Uh, like I said, once some of these more the, the salaries open up with some of these teams, um, and yeah, you get to this point like whatever. If the Bulls can say they want to salvage it or whatever and try to remedy the situation, like the only thing that's going to do it is by playing better. And it does not look like this team's going to play better. They're just not good enough. They're not going anywhere. And Zach, uh, like I said, he what he said a lot of stuff today, and we we want to go over on these quotes. We could like a lot of what he's saying. Like I get it. Like he's he he is part of the problem. Again, he's not. He's just not good enough to be the alpha. But like. I mean, he's been here. He's been in Chicago for so long. He's put up with so much losing. Uh, he he mentioned he had a comment about like, you know, this is like year three or four of this. And we're just like not going anywhere. It seems like we're in the same place. And he's right. They're not going there. They're just spinning their wheels. And he's he's what? He's 28, 29 now. He's been in the league for nine, 10 years. He's been in Chicago for was this year seven or whatever it is now. And he's won one playoff game. And at some point, it's like a miracle. That he's actually still in Chicago, like for a guy, whatever, an all-star level player to like he's gotten two contracts here now to win as little as he has to still be here is kind of like surprising and like i said almost like a miracle so at this point he's just like you know what we're going nowhere i'm done with it i got my big contract i think he gets a, i think he's got a trade kicker too so if he gets traded i think the bulls have to i think it's like 15 percent trade kicker uh he probably signs that deal he gets that great max deal with the intention of probably if this doesn't get better in a year or two i'm out 
And that's playing out right now. And like I said, when it gets to this point, the writing's on the wall. It's hard to see it coming back from this because it's just hard to see the Bulls getting any better to like change his mind. Jason. (laughs) So what I am really interested to see is just like how Karnashovas and Aversley go about, you know, potentially executing this trade because since they put together this roster, they've done basically nothing. They sat out the first trade deadline uh, when they had the full roster together with Lonzo. Lonzo went down. We did so many episodes, Jason, on should they trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. The Bulls were in first place at the All-Star break, even without Lonzo, which was like 69% of the way through the season, I think. Uh, And of course, then it all fell apart down the stretch there. They end up making the playoffs as the sixth seed, losing in five games to the Bucks in the first round. Last year, a 40-win season. They thought maybe Lonzo would come back. Lonzo didn't come back. Their offseason was Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic. They then chose to do nothing again at the trade deadline. This year's offseason, you know, could they make some trades? Could they try to acquire some new young talent? Well, no. They just did the easiest, most convenient thing possible, which was to use their cap space right up to the luxury tax line, re-sign their own players, and add to cheap deals in Tory Craig on a minimum and Javon Carter. So, Jace, I really don't think the Bulls want to trade Zach Levine immediately. Um, I think they would be open to making a good Zach Levine trade, of course, but I don't think that they like feel pressure to do it now because <clears throat> this team has told us what their goals are. Their goal is to make the playoffs. Their goal is not to build a championship contention team. And to me, Jason, that goal colors the decision-making from Arturis and Mark Eversley. So now they are going to face real roster upheaval for the first time, basically, since they acquired uh, Vucevic and then DeRozan and Caruso. So uh, they also don't want to tank. So like they, they're not really like doing anything to build the championship team. And they, I don't think they want to like blow it up. So it's like, what do you, what are they doing with what, how do, how do they make this trade? And Jason, the first thing the Bulls need to do is align themselves on their goals for the future. And the goal should not be to just make the playoffs. That's a really stupid goal in a (laughs) league where half the teams in each conference make the playoffs. If you get the seven seed or the eight seed consistently and you're getting slaughtered with an older team, with a capped out team, without much future upside, that is not good enough. Nobody should think that's good enough. But the Bulls ownership and the Bulls front office, that's sort of the team they aspire to be. And heading into this year, you know, if everything went right, Jason, maybe they could have been, you know, the 12th best team in the league, the 13th best team in the league. When that's your ceiling in a best case scenario situation, probably a red flag that you should blow this shit up. And Zach is taking matters into his own hands now to maybe uh, pressure them into doing it. Jace, what the Bulls need to do in the Zach Levine trade is prioritize young players and picks. I am worried that Arturis, in his infinite wisdom, will want to continue fighting for the play-in tournament and will try to acquire more veteran talent. It's possible, given how bad Levine has been this year, especially on the defensive end, but also his uh, inefficiency as a scorer. His catch-and-shoot numbers have totally plummeted, too. Zach Levine, for his career, about 45% on spot-up threes. This year on open spot up threes. This year he's 32% on spot up threes. 
Last year, he was at 40%. The year before, he was at 46%. So, uh, you know, he's going through a shooting slump. His finishing, like you said, has dropped off. I looked up the numbers on basketball reference from 69% last year to about 60% this year. That's a big difference in terms of finishing. So, Zach's having a And he was bad game. tonight. Like, that's going to go down after tonight, too. Because he was, what he made, he missed at least like four or five layups and a dunk. <laughs> Zach's having a bad year. I still think there should be somewhat of a market for him. But the Bulls are going to have to decide, you know, what do we want to prioritize in this trade? And what they should prioritize, Jason, is tearing this shit down to the studs. They should be prioritizing future draft picks, any decent young players. And the veterans that are thrown in are mostly only going to be salary cap. That's the way I would view it. Or, you know, potentially guys you could flip to other teams for even more draft picks if Arturis could actually unlock that part of his brain and realize that, like, (laughs) Trying to make a trade is legal. You are allowed to do that. And in this situation, he should try to do it. Uh, my worry is that, you know, people have been joking since uh, the Shams article came out. But like Zach Levine for Julius Randle, straight up. Like, <laughs> flip one bad contract for another. Uh, God, I hope something like that's not on the table. I'm not too worried about it because Arturis, obviously, he's a dumb man at this point. He's not very good at this job, but... <laughs> I don't think he's dumb enough to do that trade. I don't think so either. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with this trade, but it is critical for the Bulls to make a good Zach Levine deal. We are just coming off a point in the league where Damian Lillard and James Harden both returned, you know, packages that weren't great compared to what the fans wanted coming into the process. So mentally, I'm prepared for this to be bad. Some veteran cap filler, maybe one young player, two picks, two yeah. picks is like the absolute best case scenario. Yeah, I don't think we've talked in the past it's about all, one pick. Yeah, we've talked in the past about whatever getting like the Mitchell or like DeJunte Murray package. I don't think that's going to happen at this point. Uh, oh my whatever. God. With no three chance. plus, like three plus future firsts and like swaps. I don't think that's happening now. Like if I, if that was on the table at any point, Zach would have been traded already. And like, is someone going to come up, come to the table with that? Maybe, but like, especially if he's asking out now and like, unless there's like a major bidding war, but I don't know if it just doesn't seem like there's that much interest in him around the league to like, to really go all in on him. And like the way he's played the season, you could kind of see why. And obviously he's had his flaws in the past, but uh, I think in the right spot, he, and like, if he gets to the right spot and is engaged again, I think we'd probably see a better version of Zach again. I do think part of this is probably just him not, not being engaged and he wants out. So like naturally your performance is going to slip if you're just not fully there. Uh, so like if he goes somewhere where he is a legit, whatever two or three option next to a couple better players, like I think he, we could see a better version of him come back again, where he can just kind of be that whatever stud off ball score type playing off someone better. But yeah, the probably, yeah, so now like, I mean, like I would hope you're getting more for him than you got for like, than the Suns got for Bradley Beal or the Wizards got for Bradley Beal. Like that was yeah. a situation where also like Beal had the no trade clause, so it was basically like I want to go to this team and like I'm and like this is it. So like he should fetch more than that. I also think he's just like better, even the way he's played now. Like Beal might be cooked. Like his back is like an issue, and he's been hurt the last few years. Like Zach should bring back more than Beal, but will he bring back again? Yeah, the Mitchell. Murray stuff, just probably not at this point. So like you, you need like at least one promising young player. You need at least like one good dra- first round draft pick in the future. And then if you can get maybe another one, 
maybe some swaps in there, like, and then your salary, whatever salary stuff that, yeah, maybe you can swap that to some, for someone else, even for like second round or something. Maybe you get second rounders tossed in there too. But, uh, so I guess like with that said, like looking at some of these teams that could be interested, we've talked about this, this kind of, but like the teams, like whatever the teams that Shams named, it was the heat Lakers and Sixers, right? Yeah. And like the Sixers have kind of have clearly kind of pushed back clearly like sources from the Sixers have been telling their people that we're fine with where we are, uh, at least for right now, like Tyrese Maxey is like made a huge leap and like, He's a star now, and like him and MB together, and like the rest of their team is good. They did just lose to the Celtics again today, but I mean they've pl- been playing really well. And like, I don't know, it does not seem like they're in a rush. And based on what Daryl Morey said, it sounds like they would probably prioritize someone like a maybe Adenobi. Although I guess with the Raptors guys, like would they go play for Nick Nurse again? I don't know if they actually would, but like Daryl Morey came out and said, "You know, we need like those two a two way guy, maybe not like an offensive superstar, like a two way guy." So like, there's clearly been some pushback from like the Sixers camp about the possibility of his action. That doesn't mean they won't do it. Maybe they do, but uh, Heat and Lakers and Sixers were the teams that Shams named. Uh, and so you look at those teams with the Heat. We have talked about how awesome like Zach would be playing off Jimmy and Bam. Like that'd be absolutely sick for Zach. But if they do a trade like that, I mean, it's that's naturally just going to be Tyler Hero and some picks, right? I mean. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you at this point would you oh, want Tyler Hero back in his act trade? Oh yeah, dude. I don't I think Tyler Hero is, you know, potentially more valuable than Zach, given the age difference, 
given that he's on a lesser contract. And I don't think other teams should have concerns about Zach's health, uh, the health of his knees, because, you know, he's he played 77 games last year. Uh, he typically plays a lot of games and is available a lot. But I do think there's concern about his knees as he, you know, yeah. turns 29 later this season. So if you can get Tyler Hero out of this trade and a pick or two, I mean, I think that would be great. Like to me, that's I'm not saying it's like a long would the heat time. I guess would the heat do that at this point? Tyler yeah, Hero before he got hurt. Hero's yeah. had a better season than Zach so far. Exactly. I don't think the Heat would do that. And I'm asking myself the same thing. I guess, you know, we're on the topic of a uh, swagged out white boys because I'm also going Austin Reeves. I think, you know, the most obvious trade to me, or the the easiest trade, is Zach to the Lakers. They got some salary cap filler, uh, you know, Rui Hachimura, Bilo. Gabe Vincent can be traded, I think, on January 15th. You have I think, it's, it's, I think it's December 15th. Like The Lakers have all their, like, free agents, I believe, can become, unless there's a special rule, but I think all those free agents that they signed, I think, are December 15th trade 15th. eligible. It's like D'Lo, Rui Hachimura. Um, I mean, Reeves, Reeves. Reeves is part of that group. Because he re-signed yeah. this year, I, I think. Um Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, yeah. So they have a ton of salary that'll become trade eligible after December 15th. And so, you know, build the package. And then they have one pick to trade. And it's either a 2029 or 2030 pick. So if you could get that pick unprotected, Austin Reeves and salary cap filler. Do you find that trade, Jason, to be palatable, unpalatable? Do you think that you're looking... Like, we just what do you think of that offer first? And like, on the surface, it just feels underwhelming. Like, and I think Reeves is pretty oh, good. He's gotten a lot better. But, like, yeah. a pick, I mean, that pick could be valuable in the future. But, like, with the Lakers, because, I mean, obviously by then, like, LeBron is probably done. Uh, I mean, by then, LeBron is 45 years old. Maybe he's still playing then, but he's obviously not LeBron anymore. And AD, by then, he's going to be on his last legs if he's still there. But they are the Lakers, so you always... Like, will they reload? The Lakers were obviously bad for a few years there, like after Kobe. So, like, it's not a guarantee, but uh, so like a pick down the road for the Lakers is probably a de- still a decent bet. I know we talked that's about this really last year, though. far down the road, though. I know that is so far down the road. It's just like, oh my god, that's six years now. Because that's what we were talking about last year. We're like, should we trade like Demar uh, and then Vooch or something for like whatever Russ and like those two like picks that they had to trade. Yeah, and it was like, and it was yeah, probably, and it was like, Oh, that's just like so far on the road, blah, blah, blah. But like, I guess if you're going to rebuild it, like those picks could be seen as valuable to other teams as well. So, if, uh, and possibly you down the road, just if you want to use them, I know it's so, it's just so hard to, again, it's that kind of trade just sounds underwhelming on the surface. Like depending on what you think of Reeves, like Reeves is a really nice player off LeBron and, AD like with like a much bigger role like moving forward as part of like a rebuilding team how good is he I don't know uh, and then you're getting one pick like I do and then whatever some salary filler like a guy like Rui or D'Lo I don't know you might be able to flip for maybe something but D'Lo is kind of a at this point a I feel like not well liked around the league either he's still like a decent player but uh so it's like I don't know like I'd Love to be able to get a little more. It just sounds underwhelming. But again, like we, as we've kind of been saying, like it just doesn't seem like they will get something that much better. So like, what do you think? I guess for Reeves in particular, you know, you could just plug him in for Zach in the lineup 
Resign DeMar. I think this is the dumbest thing they could do. <laughs> Resign DeMar. When they trade Zach, they have to trade everyone. I'm not sure if we made that point on this podcast well, yet. So let's hammer it home. When they trade Zach, you trade gotta trade DeMar. They gotta trade DeMar. They gotta trade Caruso. Yeah. And they should attempt to trade Vooch. I think no, here's what I I think I said this in our chat earlier. You trade DeMar, you trade Caruso, you'll get a lot for Caruso. I mean, Caruso had another great game tonight. I mean, he has single-handedly almost won the Bulls like three or four games this year. Uh, and he's been great. He's playing great. He's shooting great. His shooting will come back down to earth a bit, but he's shooting great. He's like at 60% from the field. He's like 45% from three. We know his, he's awesome defensively. Tonight, he had several, like, he was running pick and roll in crunch time, and he also had like a sick yeah. finish and like looking great. And I was like, Caruso running pick and roll, I feel like it's generally has not been good, but like he was running in crunch time tonight beautifully. Like he was awesome again. And like he should have so many suitors. Mark Stein today talked about how the Bulls are like aren't signaling whether they'll trade Caruso. Like I'm sure the Bulls will I think the way they probably want to like whatever compete the rest of the year. Like they probably wanted to keep him, but like I feel like there is going to be a legitimate bidding war for Caruso this year. Uh, and they should be able to get a lot. So you trade Demar, you trade Crusoe. I, th- I think you just keep Vooch for the rest of the year. You let him whatever ball out, give the ball, pound it into Vooch. Go run the fucking offense that, uh, the '90s offense where you just pound it into Vooch all the time. Let him go, average twenty five and ten again, and then you trade him in the off season. Uh, you build it, maybe try to get some value back for him. Uh, because like right now, I feel like he's he's putting up decent numbers. Like he's Vooch is like, he's been fine again. He's like the not really part of the problem I mean, he is part of the problem but uh he's fine overall so like get 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 vooch get his numbers back up uh and maybe you can trade him when he's got whatever two years uh 40 million left although maybe some team would want him for the stretch run this year i don't know but I, i'd be fine just kind of playing out the year with vooch obviously demar you can't can't do that because he's going to be a free agent like theoretically maybe you can do a sign and trade but no i mean some team will probably want would like demar for the stretch run this season so you have to trade zach you got to trade demar you get a ton for Caruso. You let Vooch play with some of the other, and then you run the young guys out there. You play Dale and Terry. You play Jul- uh, Julian Phillips. You let Pat do whatever. You let Kobe do whatever. Maybe you play some, uh, like, bit him. Let him chuck some shots out there. And you just see how, see how that happens. You'll probably be awful uh, in a draft that's not great, but whatever. Get as high as pick as you can. Uh, and then you start trying to build it back up moving forward. So, yeah, Jason, the real key is that they get a pick surplus because of the last time they did a rebuild, they were never operating from a true pick surplus. You know, they didn't acquire a first round pick in trading Jimmy Butler. That's insane. Yeah. Given, you know, the other halls we've seen since then. So what you need are, you know, as many first round picks as you can get. And then as many second round picks as you can get, as many pick swaps as you can get, whatever that is. I think that, you know, that's the way for them to go forward. I think this is obvious that we need a full rebuild. I am worried that Arturis is not allowed to do a full rebuild by ownership. And when Arturis was hired, one of the things I said was that the biggest part of this job is going to be advocating for management. Typically, the Reinsdorfs don't butt in a ton. I would I wouldn't think in terms of their uh, you know how they affect their front office's decision making. Other than they're not going to go into the luxury tax. Uh, So we know they're not going to spend money, but would they let a front office execute the plan that the front office wants to? I'm not so sure because the Reinsdorfs want to keep the stadium full. And I believe as of today, the Bulls were only 23rd in the league in average attendance. I believe that was true. I saw uh, Mark tweet it on uh, tweeted. So, yeah, I think, uh, 
you know, people have talked about like the lack of attendance being the only thing that can spur real change. And of course, I've said this in the past and I agree with it, but also like, you know, John Paxson just stepped down. He fired himself last time. And while I would hope that if this thing gets really bad, Arturis will get fired because I believe Arturis should be fired. I don't think he's going to be. And I think that he, my worry is that he's going to try to keep the team competing for the playing tournament, yeah. which I believe to be a stupid goal. They need to tear it down to the studs, trade Zach, trade DeMar, trade Caruso. Could you get three first round picks in that hall in total? That, even though that's not like amazing, that would be really solid just to start to build the asset base up for the next iteration of uh, building a team. And what Here's should the goal be when they build a team? The goal should be to build a team that is good enough to contend for a championship. That doesn't mean you have to be a lock to win it, but you cannot aspire to be in the bottom end of the playoff bracket. You can't consider that to be a success. You got to actually yeah. tear it down, rebuild the right way, draft some guys, give them room to grow. And another key point in this, Jason, is something they didn't do last time, which is using their cap space to take on bad contracts and receiving draft picks as an incentive to do it. This is something that uh, Oklahoma City has done for years to help money launderers (laughs) and the Wizards are doing it right now. So open up that cap space. Take guys into it and ask for a first round pick to do it or even a second round pick, or even a pick swap, and just build up that asset chest. Of course, Jace, the really depressing thing is that given what we've seen from our tourists in the draft, he's just going to, you know, draft the best athlete who can't actually play basketball, who can't dribble past (laughs) and shoot. So I have no faith in him to like actually nail the rebuild. But the first step is tearing it down and getting the assets. This is the part of the rebuild that Ryan Poles has done a nice job of with the Bears. He's built up a nice asset base. They have Cap flexibility. Tearing it down is usually the easiest part. Usually. Tearing it down should be the easiest part. Right. I don't think Ryan Poles is a genius because he's been able to tear it down. Nothing like that. I think Ryan Poles sucks because he can't build it back (laughs) up. But uh, you should be able to tear it down. So that's what I want to see. Jason, let's go over some other trade ideas you can have for Zach. So we already talked about the Lakers one. That's built around Reeves, a first-round pick, matching salary. There was a trade going on, going around. I don't know even where it came from. If it was just an idea that was like, I do wonder if the Bulls would try to include Caruso with this in a Zach trade too to try to sure. maximize the return there. Uh, because I was actually just going to ask this: like, you asked how much the Bulls could get for Zach, Demar, and Caruso. I feel like you're hoping for four or five first round picks there because I wonder if like Caruso alone at this point would bring back more than Zach in terms of like draft capital. I don't know. Like I'm curious if teams are willing to trade two first round picks for Chris. Like obviously they wouldn't be like prime first, but like even if they were like mid to late first, like would a team be willing to give up two? Uh, We've seen it happen in the past where like role guys like this have been traded for two first round picks. I know that different times. What was it like Robert Covington? I think like famously got traded for a couple uh, and stuff like that. So like with the bidding war that should happen for Caruso, I do wonder if the Bulls could get, like two first for him, maybe two first for Zach, and then like one for Demar. So you end up with five. Like that would be pretty nice. Man, I don't know. If I, I don't know. That that might be wishful thinking. They ideally you're getting minimum three for all three of those guys, and then ideally probably four or five. Uh, so the I back to the Lakers like Zach thing. Like someone had thrown out it was like Zach and Caruso for like D'Lo, Rui, a pick, and like 
I think it was like uh, Jalen Hood Safino or whatever his name is, the rookie out of I think Indiana. And I was just like, this is a complete joke. Like it's, it, if you're going to the Lakers, it's probably got to be Reeves. Uh, almost like certainly like I feel like you can't make that trade unless Reeves is in it Like at this point. Because I mean, D'Lo and Rui, again, I kind of mentioned they're fine. Uh, but I don't think they have like that much overall value. Like you need, if you need like a young centerpiece player to be a part of this trade, it's got to be Austin Reeves for sure. Yeah. So like, and especially if you're trading Caruso too, like you're trading Zach and Caruso and like, you're not getting Reeves back. Like that's insane. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring up because I saw that trade going around and I was just like, that's fucking ridiculous. And then like, obviously I got some pushback from Lakers fans who are like, Oh no. Like, cause I said, I said that in that trade, like the bulls are giving up the two best guys. And then I got pushback from people like, Oh no, like D'Lo and Rui are better than Caruso. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> guys. So but- I would not do a Lakers trade unless it had Reeves. And even with Reeves, I don't think that Reeves in a 2030 pick is a great offer. Yeah. I think that that is somewhat acceptable though. I would like consider doing that trade, I guess. And I would, you know, take it to see what else is on the market. Now you brought up Hero from the Heat. I don't think the Heat would trade Hero because they have a lot of other salary they can offer for Zach. And really they could put together the non-hero package for Damian Lillard that they were going to offer, which is Duncan Robinson, who by the way is playing pretty great this year. Uh, Like Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and like Jaime Jaquez. Oh yeah. Round picks. What do you think of that? Or like Jovich. Or Jovich, yeah. Uh, I haven't done a deep dive on the Heat lately in terms of like checking out how everyone's performing, but uh so what just if would you do a heat trade without hero? Because I think if you're getting two picks, if you get them both unprotected, could we get some seconds in there? You know, is there any way we can get a pick swap in there? Like, I mean, I would consider it if they, if they load up enough with like the rest of those assets. Like, I mean, Duncan Robinson obviously helped the bull shooting, but like, I, that doesn't matter at this point. You're tanking his kind. I mean, he doesn't, he's salary. Like, he's a nice, he's a really good shooter, but like on a bull team that's tanking, what is dying? Maybe you're able to flip Duncan Robinson for something else if he's playing better. Like, I haven't, I have not looked at his numbers this year. I'm actually going to do that right now because I know like he went through a pretty rough stretch in like the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, he's only shooting 36.3% this season. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was literally like one of the best. He was like the new Kyle Corbin dude was shooting like 45. better from two point range this year, though. He is. He is. He is actually shooting 62.5% from two way up from the last couple of years. I mean, the first couple of seasons in the league, like 2019, 20, he shot 45% on eight. 0.3 attempts per game, average 13 and a half per game. He is his scoring average is back up to 13.3. Uh pretty he obviously gets threes up at a high rate. The percentage is still a little low, but his true shooting is up back up to like 59, which is much better. So like you might be able to get something for him if you want to flip him somewhere else. Lowry's obviously the state trade. You'd probably buy Kyle Lowry out. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you got a couple picks and then at least one of Hakez or Jovich. I don't know how much Jovich is actually thrown at the show at this point. I don't think he's played much. I think he's been pretty hurt, but uh, yeah. Okay. I think it's, uh, if they include, if they include like all their picks, including that, like I'd probably do it. It probably wouldn't have to have hero. Um, yeah, was, I don't know if they would trade here. Hero's having a better season and he's much younger. So it's like, I don't, he's getting, doesn't get hurt all the time, but I think there are a lot of fluke injuries with him, but how about yeah. uh, Orlando Magic? They definitely need some shit. They sure do. We saw it today. They need a backcourt member who can actually do something really badly. Just, the problem there is, like, I feel like Zach would just be like, 
fuck you guys if they sent me to the, if they sent him to the magic i feel like he obviously he doesn't have a no trade clause but that might be a situation where like he and clutch like cause a stink if they tried to trade him there but like theoretically the magic do have some interesting young players draft pick capital wise i'm assuming they have oh, i haven't looked at their they draft have their situation. picks and they have the salaries by sending jonathan isaac and markel fultz isaac is non-guaranteed after the season i believe and fultz is expiring uh and then you know you get two picks so you do fultz isaac two picks also i hate to say it because he's a very problematic person but jonathan isaac looked incredible defensively he's an awful offensive player but (laughs) part of it is that the bulls just suck and can't score but isaac is like still a monster defensively for you know however many minutes he can play per game he doesn't play yeah another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, So I think that's another. Like if you get the two. I feel like I would. I feel like I'd also probably need one of their young guards at least because like Isaac, again, he's a good defensive player, but he's so bad offensively. And he's, his injury history is like, so such a issue. Uh, and then like faults, same thing. Like I just don't, I don't know how think much they would trade Suggs. You don't think so? I mean, they have so many guards. They have Suggs, they have Cole Anthony, they have Anthony Black now. Like they might trade they, Cole Anthony. Like I, I, I don't. I feel like I at least need one of those guys. And like I said, I don't love like any of those guys. Like we've kind of seen it the last couple of years. Like those guys are not. We see flashes from them, but they're like they're not that good. That's why they're still just like Black a has only team. played eleven games here. So let's give Anthony Black. Oh yeah, Black. Yeah, I mean Black. I'm not. I'm referring more to like Cole Anthony and Suggs yeah. because like Suggs is what the fifth pick, fourth pick, yeah. whatever he was, and like. He has his moments where he looks great, makes awesome plays. But I mean, overall, I feel like he's just not that good. And like Cole I don't Anthony, think he's that good. But I would love him as a return for Zach. If you get sure, Suggs, yeah, two Suggs, if you get Suggs and like a couple picks, and then whatever the salary filler, if it's false. But I don't think this is. I don't think that's going to be on the table. I think it would be like you're not getting anyone, but you're getting the two picks, <laughs> or maybe you get Suggs in one pick. I mean, you could talk about what you'd like there. Yeah. All right, I got another one for you. How about the Raptors? The Raptors need some shooting. The Raptors never have any shooting, and they have some contracts. They could do Chris Boucher, Gary Trent, who is expiring, and Thad Young. We're going to get the the Zach for Siakam trade is what we're going to get here. (laughs) Or we can do Zach for Siakam. See, now I'm saying I don't want something like Siakam. Oh, I know. Right. I think this should be torn down to the studs. Right, but that's like the – I could see the front office being like, oh, I mean, we're getting like another all-star level player back here uh, who can help us compete like – you could see that. See, and like Siakam seems to be Zach. possibly on his way out, but I think Siakam's better than Zach. Probably. I mean, two way player overall. Probably. Yeah, like, to me, for sure, yeah. So that would be an interesting, just like talent upgrade. I don't really want that. If they did it, I'd talk myself into it. I <laughs> much prefer Siakam, I guess, to Julius Randle. The Randle is under contract. In Siakam, you're theoretically going to have to give him a massive deal to keep him. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty treacherous. I mean, you're. Talking about a deal that'll be much bigger than Levine's current deal, which is already a very large contract, but soon right. it won't be because of, you know, everyone else is going to sign bigger max extensions. So I really don't want any part of Siakam. I'm not sure if you get Grady Dick in that trade, but again, 
you know, if you get two firsts and then salary filler for Zach Levine, that is, you know, another somewhat enticing proposition. Uh, Detroit is the last team I wanted to talk about. So, like, if you're getting a young guy, the best guy Ivy. you can get, in my opinion, is Jaden Ivey, who currently yeah. is coming off the bench behind Killian Hayes for no reason. The Pistons are a mess. A team that battles. They're a disaster. They're a disaster. Uh, and Ivy, while his role has been small and inconsistent, per 36, he's averaging like 25 and 5, and he's shooting the ball well from three. So, pure talent level potential wise, Ivy would be like, I feel like a home run young player like taking a, a chance on to like start a rebuild with out of like a guys who might be available and they have the salaries to match too they have joe harris they have monty morris they have james wiseman who even still makes the money on his rookie deal so there could potentially be a trade there i think uh god would the bulls include patrick williams in that trade because we know they love him i feel like patrick williams so yeah. That would be something, too. Could you get two Detroit picks? Well, no. Could you get one Detroit pick in Ivy in a Zach trade and then junk? That would be pretty enticing, even though Jaden Ivy, like, if he hits a high-end scenario, he could maybe be as good as Zach Levine. Yeah. But, I mean, Ivy would be awesome to land if they could get Yeah, him. I totally agree there. Uh, I am curious, just like, and the Pistons, I mean, it seems like Monty Williams does not like Ivy. He's He wants him to be better on defense. There have been some issues there, and that's why he's playing Killian Hayes, who sucks instead of him. Uh, weird situation. It almost seems like it's turning into like the Aiton situation that happened with Monty Williams and Phoenix. Just like doghouse. He's just like, and whatever. I know there's like t- holding guys accountable, but it's, it's a weird situation with that team. Cade has been bad. Killian Hayes is not good. Their spacing sucks. Bogey's been out. That team sucks. They they smacked the they beat the Bulls' ass what in like the second or third game of the year. They haven't won since, uh, and it's just real rough there. So I mean, yeah, that's another situation though. Again, like I feel like if the Bulls sent Zach to Detroit. He just like asked for another trade immediately. Um, if we're like thinking about other like possible contending teams, uh, Dallas has been like brought up as possibly like, I don't know how much they can even send anymore after trading for Kyrie. And like, I don't know if Kyrie Luca and Zach, how, how that would actually work. But like, maybe if Cuban wants to go like, yeah, like, and uh, like, because there would probably be like Josh green who has not, when I've seen him and like looked at his numbers, he has not looked good this year, but possibly Josh green. Like you got like Tim Hardaway jr. You can use this trade, but I know Mark Stein said does not seem like the Mavs are that interested there. So like, that's probably out uh, like the thunder. We know the thunder have tons of picks, but like, I don't know if that like would I mean, the thunder have picks. They have Josh Giddy. They have Jalen Williams. I'd uh, love Giddy in the Zach trade, but and like, Giddy would they do that? Seasons. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, but they are going to move off Giddy, I think, eventually. You think so? Be trending that way, especially with Kaysan Wallace looking good as a rookie this year. Giddy is going to be due for an extension next year. You know, you got to think Giddy's getting a pretty fat extension. I think he's getting more than $20 million a year, right? Probably. So the Thunder might not want to pay that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they certainly have a ton of picks, but I would love to get Giddy back in his act trade. I think that would be awesome. I don't think it's really realistic. The other one we haven't mentioned yet is Philly. Everyone is connecting the Bulls uh, in the Sixers in this trade, but 
to me, Philly just looks too good right now to trade for Zach. And you're going to trade Tobias Harris, who's been a big part of their success. And, you know, they just don't have that much to trade, though, either. Do they, right? They could trade Harris and the Clippers pick that they got for Harden. They could basically flip the Harden pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. But, like, and then, like, they're young guys, like, though, it's like, what? Jaden Springer? Jaden Springer, Paul Reed. Who I don't think, I don't think Jaden Springer has looked that good, if I'm mistaken. No, he has high defensive uh, yeah. production and potential, but offensively, he can't really do much. So, uh, Giddy, I didn't yeah. realize Giddy is not playing well this year, at least numbers wise. I know the, the Thunder are pretty good, but Giddy's only shooting 19% from three on two threes a game. Like, I do wonder. With Shea like dominating, with if Kaysan Wallace comes up with Jalen Williams, I do wonder if Giddy ends up being like an odd man out there. Giddy's gonna be out. I think he's gonna be the odd man out. I still don't know if that means they're ready to take on Zach Levine. Yeah. And uh his contract. And then obviously they have Chet, but uh I mean the Thunder are seven and four. They have a plus five point differential. Like they they look to be as good as we kind of figured. I know was it you said Western Conference Finals team, but oh, yeah. he has not played well individually, stat wise at least. So that could be an interesting if they are looking. They I think like they have to cash in the, those. They have so many picks they can make multiple big trades if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Zach Levine's going to be that guy. Other doesn't seem like a Thunder player. He also doesn't seem like a Heat player. Yeah. Uh, right. But- you know, the Heat, you would have to think, the Heat could be in the mix here. And if they could retain Hero and add Zach, I don't know, I want two picks, you know, in yeah. hockey. So a couple other teams here. One, I saw, I don't know where this came from. I would not listened to this segment. Uh, so on the Waddle and Sylvie, I think Sylvie tweeted out, Zach for Zion. <laughs> And the Pelicans, I don't know. I don't know where that idea came from. If that was just like them spitballing shit, but like, I don't know, like, why the Pelicans would do that. I know, like, obviously Zion's had his problems and things have not looked that great there this year. But like, like, why would they make that trade or even think about that at this point? What if they did Ingram? Ingram to me is a classic Arturis Karnaschovas player. He's I mean, like, Ingram's just basically like turning Zach into like a younger Demar. <laughs> right, exactly. Ingram's... He's just good enough to keep you in the middle. And Ingram this year shooting twenty one percent from three. Uh, he's still putting up you know twenty three a game on fifty percent shooting, but he has no range. Which is weird. Point. Didn't he shoot well from three like a few years ago? I feel like he like got to a point where he was shooting well. Yeah, he was thirty nine percent last year. On, yeah. You know, low volume, but he did get it to thirty nine percent. But uh, in you know, he has hit 39 percent on six right. attempts per game. But that was when it was no fans. Oh game. yeah, that was clearly it's like a huge. Uh, you know what though? Like I wouldn't like an Ingram trade either. But I'm worried they would look for something like that. Yeah, right. This- I want is. Tear it down picks. Okay, so get picks. One more. I got one more for you. The Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that's my guy. My guy, Chris. You know, Chris. He brought this up to me the other day. The Warriors. They badly need help around Steph, and they're kind of a mess right now with the Draymond fight and all. And Clay looks fucking terrible. Their young guys have not really stepped up. Uh, I mean, they could. That could be a maybe a trade where you do Levine and Caruso, and if either way. They have Kaminga and Moses Moody, who have not really taken that step, but two young guys. They have, I think, a few first-round picks they could include. They have Chris Paul as trades as a possible salary. Uh, I think they have, I don't think. I honestly don't think they're, they'll ever trade those guys. I think those guys are going to be like Warriors for life, like almost no matter what. But 
uh, I don't know. I'd have to look up the Warriors. Oh, let me look this up. NBA draft because like that's a team who I could see being desperate enough to maybe do something like that because they they just simply cannot waste Steph Curry still playing like he is. Uh, so like and like CP and and I mean they have Wig- Wiggins is trade. Wiggins is fucking. He might be washed. He might be cooked. But like he's salary you can use in a trade. So like. If you if they put on the table like whatever one of Wiggins or one of Kaminga and Moody maybe both and then whatever some draft capital like that's at least interesting. Let's see they have they have some seconds coming and they owe a 2024 first to Portland. They owe a 2030 pick to Washington. So I think they have a bunch of other picks that they can. So that's what they can trade 2026 2028. So like they have a few p- first they could trade, plus a couple young guys. Maybe maybe you draft or maybe how about you maybe ask for Illinois legend Brandon Brandon Podziem- Podziemski, however you say his name. Uh, they have some young guys who like I said I don't know if they're actually good, but they're at least young with maybe some potential plus a couple picks. What do you think, Warriors? Podziemski would be awesome to get if they get Brandon Pods. That would be terrific. He looked incredible in a game that happened about 24 hours ago as we record this. So I guess on Tuesday night uh, against the Timberwolves in the aftermath of the Draymond Green chokehold on Rudy Gobert, <laughs> which is terrific. So yeah, Warriors, I think makes a lot of sense. Would they trade CP3? They should. I thought they should have moved CP3 in a package for Drew Holiday. You know, basically the yeah. same package, CP3 and picks. Moody or Kaminga. And yeah, would I take it for Zach? Yeah. Give me CP3. Sure. He's expiring. And I would love Brandon Pods and Moody. If you get that, that might be my top deal. If you get Moody, Pods, a pick, and CP3, that might be the one I like the most. But I, you know, if Ivy's on the table, I'm very into Ivy. And, you know, if Tyler Hero's on the table, I think that that could be pretty good too, just because. You maybe move on from Hero at some point, but uh, I mean, if you get Hero in two picks, I guess I, re- I really just want the picks. So maybe I don't want Hero. I mean, I, I feel like there's no way they're giving you Hero in two picks, though, at this point, because Hero is like basically almost is playing better than Zach. This is younger. Yeah. So like, I just don't know if something like that is on the table. Uh, if Miami would be like that desperate, they are playing a bit better again. Although they keep winning without Hero, they won without him in the playoffs last year. They've won like five or six in a row. The Bulls, the Bulls, yeah, play the, want, you know. the the Bulls play the Heat uh, two times coming up the in a couple weeks or in, a, in like this week. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, looking at CP3, like CP3 has kind of helped stabilize like the Warriors, like not turning the ball over like crazy, but he's shooting thirty eight percent and he's shooting twenty percent from three. He just he might be cooked. He just and so like the Warriors need an upgrade. The, the stat that's been going around. Uh, that only they've had one other time this season where a guy scored 20 points who was not Steph Curry. Like Steph is still putting up like 30 a game. Uh, I think like Dario Sarge has like a 20 point game and like, there's like no other, maybe I, I don't know if that changed yesterday. I didn't see the box score from the game last night, but uh, they basically have nobody helping Steph offensively. So like I could see them maybe being desperate enough to get a guy like, like Zach who could play off Steph and clay because he could be the, the new clay we've talked about the, we want we've always wanted zach to kind of play more like clay like a souped up version of clay well he could go to the warriors and be in steve Kerr's system and maybe play like clay thompson uh, and play off steph and he'd probably be pretty sick there but yeah i mean i do kind of like that idea um 
And it'll just be interesting to see if the Bulls do really kind of go deep into talks and when this trade actually happens, because I think we all assume that it's going to happen. Just what teams are willing to put on the table, because it just doesn't seem like teams are that interested in Zach Levine. Uh, And I feel like a lot of fans aren't either. Like you like talk, I feel like there's a lot of people on Twitter, like for Bulls talking about these trades and fans like, oh, I don't know if I really want Zach Levine, at least certainly not for a lot. Again, what fans think doesn't really matter, but uh I don't know. It just seems like the league-wide perception of Zach is not great. And the way he has played so far this season would kind of back that up. But I, I think we both think there's a better – we know there's a better player in there. Uh, and I do think if he wants somewhere where he wants to be, that he'd be much better. <laughs> Some of these teams we've talked about, I don't know if he'd want to be in Detroit or Orlando or, some, or something like that. But uh, you'd hope he'd be professional enough to, whatever, try to play. But – uh, I don't know, man. It's an interesting situation. We're finally kind of coming to a head here. It seems like uh, something we've been talking about for a while. And it does seem like Zach is kind of finally forcing the issue here. But any any other teams you want to bring up? We have we've been going for a while here. Anything no, else? I, I think we should wrap this up. But yeah. I got I got a question for you before yeah. we do. I'm going to say over under. You know, one month from now, so December fifteenth, when I think the free agents can be yeah. traded. Will this deal be complete, you know, in that time, you know, by December 15th or let's say December 16th? Uh, or are you taking, you know, after on that? I think it's after December 15th. I think, but I don't think this is something that's going to go down to the trade deadline. Uh, I think they'll get to December 15th and we'll probably hear more about hear more about some trade negotiations and then I could see it happening. Does it happen before the new year? I would lean yes, especially because the Bulls' upcoming schedule, like over the next month or so, like whatever they they play the really they play the Magic at home again, they play the Heat two times at home, and then they go on the road like almost for like an f- entire month. Like there's like a few home games mixed in, but there's a lot of road games against teams who are theoretically pretty good. So if like this thing just like totally goes off the rails over the next month up to December fifteenth. I bet then you see that deadline hit and then you see a trade happen pretty soon after that. Um, I said, maybe the bull, if the bulls actually miraculously started playing better, maybe that wouldn't happen. But assuming that is not the case, I think that trade probably happens pretty soon after December 15th would be my guess. I agree. So we're both on the same page that, you know, probably not imminent. So don't get your uh, hopes up yet. Bulls fans. I think that, yeah, we got a while to go here before, Zach's going to get traded, and in the meantime, we're going to watch some really terrible, meaningless <laughs> basketball. Truly meaningless, you know? It's just like... Yeah, dude, like, that coming back today, like, if they would have won that game, it would have felt just, like, so, like, why? Like, wow, oh, big comeback against the freaking Orlando Magic, who are on the second of a back-to-back. Like, congrats, guys. Like, just, like, delaying the inevitable. Because at this point, there's sample size is so big. Zach is checked out. Like, I just don't know if there's any way for this team to actually like put together like a really good stretch of ball at this point to like make him even think about, Oh, actually I'm good here. Like, Oh, and the bulls like are going to rise up the standings. They're four and eight. Uh, and like the sample size is 12 games. Like while they could probably shoot a little better overall, like they just aren't playing well. And they, they've only played like one or two games where it's been like, yeah, like they look like like this was a pretty good game. And every team in the league has games like that. Uh, but consistently there's just nothing there and there's nothing for us to be like the, to, for the bulls to hang their head on at this point to be like, yeah, this team's going to really turn it around and just change everything. There's no Jay, reason to expect it at this point. It feels like a 
stone cold lock that the Bulls are getting the seventh pick in this 2024 <laughs> NBA draft. They do have their draft pick. Right now, they would pick eighth, but the Clippers are below them. I figure the Clippers will probably win more games than the Bulls this year. We'll Those see. Teams at the bottom of the standings, Detroit, Washington, Memphis. All those teams are either two and nine or two and ten. Then San Antonio, Portland, Charlotte, and then the Bulls. So, yeah, I mean, that's the bottom of the league picture. I don't, right? the, I, don't I don't think the Bulls are bottom. bottom I think like their their bottom right now is probably twelfth in the East. Like the the Hornets, the Wizards, and who's the other team? The Pistons. They're all bad, bad, and I just don't know if that's going to. I mean, the Wizards are a complete joke, and the Pistons are a mess, and the who the Hornets also have just been a mess. So like I don't see the Bulls being that bad. Maybe they do. Maybe if they trade Zach and trade tomorrow, maybe they do reach that level where they're that bad, bad. But uh, it'll be hard to be that bad, bad. But I mean, maybe they are. But either way, like, so it does kind of seem like, and the Spurs are terrible, even with Wemby. Uh, the Blazers will probably just be stay pretty bad. So, like, they probably, they look, they do look destined for the seventh pick, but who knows? Maybe not. And, and all right. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. That's it. Well, That'll do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We have finally reached the Zach Levine soft trade request point of the program, and we'll talk to you more about it moving forward here. But um, fun times here on Cash Considerations. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, please go check out all the other great pods across Blue Wire as well, if you like what we're doing here. There's tons of great NBA stuff and also other sports all across the network as well. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me on place formerly known as Twitter, at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. And also, obviously, go check out Ricky's work at SBNation.com. Please go check out ClutchPoints.com for NBA coverage and other coverage as well. So... That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys probably sometime next week. Again, we got the Magic again Friday, in-season tournament game, whoop-de-doo, uh, then a couple Heat games. Maybe we'll talk after the second Heat game. So talk to you guys next time.